It's time for another edition of Singles Only Podcast. My name is Paul Farmer. We are doing this podcast via Zoom because I'm on the road still and uh, there's just so much to do. And this is going to be kind of a regular thing now with our live recordings and Zoom going to be interactive sometimes too. Um, thank you for listening. There's no voice of reason on this episode. Uh, check out my website, paulfcomedy.com for upcoming dates. I am traveling again. I'll be in Florida, Arizona, Chicago, and Milwaukee in the next few months, I believe, on weekends. Uh, check it out. Uh, subscribe. Tell your friends if you haven't already about this podcast, which may or may not be the number one podcast in Chicago's reader. We'll find out soon. Um, also check out our sponsors, which you have been doing. I really appreciate it. And without further ado, let's just get into it because people say my stuff up top is too long and I'm trying to change that. Uh, our guest is a very hilarious comedian who I've never really met in person, but we've been chatting uh, through the Instagrams and the comedy world. Uh, I hear great things. She's hilarious when I see her stuff online. Start clapping uh, right now for comedian Brittany Brave. Hello. Hey, Brittany. Hi. I like how I say start clapping. Like, like I feel like I'm back in mode of like hosting a show for some reason. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, you're hosting the pod, so it's it's the same. Yeah. It's the same. You know, as a comic, that's what we live off of. Our currency is laughter, so it's just yes. you know, yeah. That is our currency. So, Brittany, we haven't even met in person, though. We have mutual friends. Uh, we follow each other on Instagram. I know that you were in Chicago when I wasn't there for some reason. And now we're in the same state of Florida. And mm -hmm. again, we missed each other because you were doing shows in my neck of the woods uh, where I was when I was back on the road. So mm -hmm. we're just two busy booked ships passing each other in the night. Oh, yeah. I'm not taking it personally, Paul, trust me. Yeah, I'm definitely not trying to avoid you. If anything, it's you that's been difficult to. Uh, <laughs> I'm a woman, I have to play hard to get, come on. Yeah, and also you're busy too, which is awesome. I love that uh, when we were trying to schedule this, you are booked up solid with shows as I am, which is, it's starting to have some normalcy of of the old days when we have shows every night. So I like that. Yeah, it's nice to be back in a, in a rhythm. I was telling a friend last night, I was like, you know, as a comic, there's a lot of minutes and hours in a day, but it's, you know, only 20 of them sometimes matter to us. You know, like we, yeah, we wait all day for that eight minutes at night or something. So it's, it's nice to have a purpose again. Yeah. Absolutely. Speaking of purposes, mm -hmm. uh, you are on the singles only podcast, which means that you're single. Um, why, why do you think that is? Let's, let's get into it. Why do you think you're single? Cause you're funny, you're attractive. Um, what, what's keeping you single? Keep it going, Paul. Just keep it going. Layer it on. Layer it on. No, I'm kidding. Um, I, you know, that's a good question. Um, uh, I think my generation, we, we can, I can curse on this, right? I just want to make sure. I had a feeling, but I, I'm a polite lady. I wanted to make sure. You know, I think I'm a millennial and I think that my generation is utterly fucked, okay. if you will. Yeah. Um, I think that we have intimacy uh, absolutely defined the wrong way. Um, you know, I've let men inside my body before they've been inside my apartment, if you know, do the math. Um, so it's just hard. It's hard to get on the same page with people. Um, our generation thinks they want commitment. They don't. They want sex, but they don't want intimacy or they want intimacy, but on their own terms. Yeah. Um, and I'm unfortunately straight. So that's always going to come with an uphill battle. Yeah. So 
Well, do you do you think that do you have like you say your your generation? Are you are you including yourself in that, or do you feel like you belong in a different direction? Hundred percent belong in a different generation. Okay. Yeah. Generation. Yeah. Like my parents have been married for over forty years, together for over forty years, um, and that you know for better for worse whatever you know it that's that's always been like my love model and the thing that I'm going after and you know I feel like the majority of my generation is is just looking for they're going from dopamine high to dopamine high yes sure. and whoever's gonna give it yeah quick 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 results quick action what um what do you want to get married and have like that relationship that your parents had for 40 years I do I, I could lie to myself all day long and say that 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 I don't um, I mean, I think at its core, I want to have that like good foundation and good connection with somebody and whether that's labeled as marriage or maybe we don't even need that label or formality, that's fine. But I would, yeah, I mean, I, I grew up with uh, a mom who was a great wife to, to a great husband um, and they share assets well. They built a life together well, at least in a traditional sense. They co-parent well. Um, so yeah, down the line, maybe not now, I just turned 30, but you know, I think that is something that I, I would like to check off the list for sure. Um, do you want to have kids also? 100%. Okay. Yeah, I want to pop a whole assembly line of little Italian maniacs out. Yeah. Are you, I was going to ask if you were Italian because you kind of sound like you are, but that would seem racist if I said that. So. <laughs> no, first off, there's no con. I was like, no yeah. concept of racism with Italians. I you could call me a guinea and a wop, and I'm gonna love it. I'm gonna be like, yeah, there I am. Um, yeah, Italian woman uh, from a family. Are you are you 100 percent Italian? Yeah, for the most part. My parents were born here, and then my grandparents onward are also. Yeah, yeah you're. Uh, um, so you so you want to get married? You want to have kids? Mm -hmm. You chose a career where that may make it a little difficult. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, it doesn't leave a lot of time to do the the groundwork that leads you to marriage or, or you know, to put the kind of effort and focus in that leads to those things. But you're still young. I mean, you have a lot of years before plenty of years before you can even start a relationship or have kids. It's not like you have a bi biological clock ticking um, anytime very soon. So you have time. That's good. That's good. Yeah, time is on my side. That's true. And if my track record's proven anything, I don't have any trouble getting pregnant, if you know what I mean. Okay. Um, yeah, sorry. When people ask how many kids I have, I say negative two. Um, but so I'm not too worried about that. I think I think my Italian genes have, have made some monster ovaries, so I think I'm going to be okay. But, it, you know, it's, it's, it's frustrating because, like how you said, it is on the list, but it is a career that doesn't really favor normal hours and time to date and get to know somebody yeah you had a long relationship if you had something longer than you know a year yeah i did um my last relationship so i've been single for three and a half years okay. and then my last relationship was three years and then right before that one i was in one for like the better part of a year or a little over a year oh. you know officially a year um i feel like i did the majority of my monogamous commitment in my early to mid 20s when I wasn't doing comedy full time, I was in a job I hated. Okay. And those are the yeah. years where you shouldn't be monogamous. You should be. I know. I know, which I did. I did. Trust me. I did plenty of that. You know, I did plenty of that. And uh, people, people whose names I've blocked out of my brain and whatnot. But um, I think I dedicated more time to dating back then because I was in a job that was soul sucking that I hated 
corporate and dating was like the fun in my life, the only outlet in my life. And then I pivoted into comedy and now I'm like, oh shit, never going to love a man as much as I love a punchline. Here we are. So. are you, uh, how are you? Oh, well, let me ask you this about your last relationship because it was three and a half years. Why yes. did it end or how did that end? Um, so super abusive guy. Um, so it was one of those situations. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm an open book when it comes to it. I have a podcast about it, everything. Um, but it was physical and emotional abuse. So no matter what was good in that situation, there was just no way to, uh, marry a hurricane, if you will, you know, and just marry something like that. Um, and then before that, it was just, I dated a guy who was married and, said he was going through a divorce, but actually the papers weren't filed and they were like barely, barely separated and it got kind of fishy and yeah. a lot of, I, I like, I, if, if, if he's going to ruin my life, he's my type, Paul. Let me put it that way. I want to know if like you, this the abusive relationship you were in, was that the only time you were in an abusive relationship or is it something that's happened in the past? It's, to, in all honesty, those two relationships, the ones that were back to back, um, were both abusive. The first one, luckily, was not physically abusive, but there was a lot of mental gaslighting, bullshit, manipulation, uh, especially when he was caught cheating and, and his whole life kind of came to the surface. There was a lot of, like, destroying me in the process, you know, making me, like, the bad guy. And it, I did that quintessential, I feel like, 20s thing where you go through a really bad breakup and, and what do you do? You don't work on yourself. You don't take a time out. You just, like, rebound right into something else. Yeah, so I think that's why I had a, a toxic little rough go for a couple of years. Yeah. In the last few years that you've been single, how are you meeting guys? In person or through comedy, unfortunately. And through comedy is not ideal. It's not, um, I don't recommend the shitting where you eat. I've been burned by that before, so. We at the podcast have a strong, strong uh opinion on that that you should never date a comedian as a comedian just like in any other career you don't date people that you work in and there's a reason for that especially in comedy even yeah it's a bad decision so i agree i agree and you know i think everyone falls victim to it and you know for a while so i'd be interested in hearing your thoughts on this like because for a while prior to me ever even dabbling with comedians i i really was always dating outside of that and dating outside of work i had always thought to myself well if I do start to date a comedian, isn't the issue not that we work together? The issue would come down to like respect and professionalism. So like really in an ideal setting, if I'm in a healthy, respectful partnership, that's that's good. And I know he takes his work seriously. I take my work seriously. We'd always keep it above board. I'm like, in theory, we should be able to make it work. And that if it doesn't work, it's not really that we're both comics. It's that he's not we don't have a respect for each other or something else is wrong yeah. um yeah there's yeah no, there's so many levels of why it's bad obviously working in the same environment is bad the competitiveness someone gets something someone doesn't um it has it, respect obviously is part of it too but you also assume that comedians can have healthy relationships <laughs> Most of us cannot it's just not people choose the a career that's yeah. less than one percent chance of success, whatever yeah. that means, are are inherently fucked up in one way or the other. And then you add another level to it of maturity, emotional maturity. I mean, there's so many different reasons why not to date comedians. It's very easy to fall into that pattern because you're in work environment, right? Uh, it's really hard to find other people that can understand what we do 
or make us laugh as much as other comedians. So that makes it even harder, I think, mm -hmm. especially for women, I think, because men tend to be, their egos tend to be hurt when a woman is funnier than them in a relationship. And to your point, I'll completely agree that that has happened the most for me when I have dabbled with other comedians. So yeah, it's been, it, it's exactly what you said, you know, and it's, it's one of those things where it's like lessons learned. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I think when I started to be, I started to really throw myself into stand up and get up every night. And it was all that I was living and breathing and eating and doing. That's when it happened. Um, but yeah, I guess that's what I, I, I will say, I don't, I don't use the apps either. So it's either been through comedy, which I, I don't, I don't prioritize anymore. And it's a no go. Um, or it's always been a friend of a friend or a random, who knows, meet him at an event, meet him somewhere. Yeah. The, the two things, one, obviously I, the one advice to, I give to every comedian that I meet, especially mm -hmm. funny women, I, the first thing I say is don't fuck other comedians. And uh, I say it like, I just talked to someone about it here in, in, in Florida where I was talking to her. I was like, don't do it. You're funny and you're, it's going to fuck. Because in those situations, typically the woman gets fucked over. Um, 100%, 100%. But yeah. as far as like- it, so They you, think you're fucking to get booked. That's what they think you're doing. Yeah. yeah. Just a fucked up situation. Thankfully now we've elected a vice president as a woman. So we've solved all issues of the patriarchy. That's all, it. Sexism is over. So that's good. But yeah. No pressure on Mrs. Harris or anything, but you know, that's it. She's cured feminism. So. A while to trickle in. Um, but I can't, I'm not going to go into my bit, but um, what I was going to say is, so you've done this already. You have hooked up with comedians. It sounds yeah. more than once. Um, I have, yes. And I would say nine times out of 10, there haven't been 10. First off, let me clarify that. There have not been 10. So yeah, it's, it's been more like three times out of four, two times out of four, maybe. Um, it's been fine and it's been okay. And it's been able, I actually dated a comedian in New York and we both kept it really low profile. I know we're the exception to the rule with that, but we just when, when nobody really knew our close friends who weren't in comedy knew and we always kept it professional and above board but i understand that that's the outlier that's that's the exception to the rule um but yeah it's always it just it happened as a not making an, enough time to date or to put myself out there in other ways and then all i was doing was comedy and we're already lonely motherfuckers as it is so i think that's how those things happen but yeah you do reach a point where you're like all right i think i'm on to something here and i'm doing pretty well in comedy and i really don't want to jeopardize that by like fucking a jabroni yeah there's, yeah. there's a there's a uh, obviously a creative connection that you have but i mean i think there's comedy adjacent people that you can date or other careers in the in the creative side but if you want to be uh have a traditional italian wedding um marriage and stuff you also have to consider um money because yeah. <laughs> and dating someone who's not in this field yeah, yeah. you don't want to go back to that corporate job that sucked your life the other guy has to be the, the money maker um so that's something to consider too if you want to have this alleged you know italian mafia wedding that i picture um, mm -hmm. so you Which is what I want to do. I definitely do. Um, and yeah, and to your point, it's I have noticed with, with I have dated a handful of guys in New York specifically that weren't in comedy, that were in finance and accounting and other very white careers. And uh, they, I will say that they were 
it can be challenging to find a guy who's comfortable with you living that lifestyle and getting on stage every night and candidly talking. But I have been lucky enough that the guys I dated that weren't in comedy honestly thought it was like fucking awesome that I was a comedian and were really fascinated by like this completely different job and world that I was in. So. Yeah, I mean, everyone, the dating a comedian, the, the stages are number one, wow, this is so cool. Two, tell me more. Three, wow, you are really fucked up. Four, right. How far can I run away from this person? So right. like, you got to the point where they're like one and two, but they didn't realize how fucked up it is that we, what we do and are being not only emotionally unavailable, but physically, right? Because they probably had nine to five jobs or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. And it's, and it's who's to say, yeah, I think you're right. Like who's to say if the commitment got deeper, it would probably have gotten even more complicated with like, why are you talking about that on stage? Or yeah. I even think of my past relationships, the two guys I was last really committed to and consistent with no way in hell could I have been doing what I'm doing now with the two of them. They were jealous. They were abusive. They were full of their own bullshit, you know? Yeah. So but you you get approached after shows, I'm sure, uh, by people in the audience too. Has that ever uh, worked out in terms of a date or a relationship? Mm, I can't say it. I can't say it has. Okay. No, because I would also argue that, you know, given the circumstances, there's exceptions to everything. But I would also argue that that's just as tricky as dating a comedian, right? Because we're all trying to build a fan base. Yeah. And it, it, part of why he's attracted to you is because you are funny and you did just do well, you know, plus a, a series of other factors. And to me, I think that that's, that's where I'd rather keep somebody like that is, yeah. is a little bit at arm's length and as a ticket buyer and as a, yeah, so. You shouldn't fuck your fans. That's a, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right, right, that too. I think that's what, you know, well, that's what it's like when I date some of the male comics I've dated. It's me fucking my fans. I'm kidding. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you against the apps? You said that you don't like the apps either. I mean, you're now you're in a city, you're in South Florida where all these people are moving to Chicago or to, to Florida, or at least there for a long period of time where you can meet successful people who, who can't afford to, you know, live in Miami in a, in a pandemic probably drive nice cars, probably can wine you and dine you like you deserve. Uh, like I mean, incredible cocaine, just yeah. the best of the best. It's allegedly there. So yeah. what about that? Why can't you go on those apps and do that? It's not my thing. It's just not. Tell me why it's not your thing. I have been on and off the apps since probably 2014, 2015. I've tried all of them just about in some capacity. Um, I, I have a hard time reading chemistry through an app. I know everybody does. I know it's a little, it's not natural, but I, I will pitch the argument that at least for men who are inherently more sexual and physical creatures, while the banter is important and you want to feel like she's cool and there's something in common, you guys can kind of compartmentalize that and be like, well, at the very least, I'd carve out time to meet this person to potentially hopefully fuck right like I think there's some at least for my guy friends I've noticed that too for me I don't really have an interest in meeting him unless or fucking him unless there's like a mental capacity yeah. and it's very hard for me I I've only one time ever gone on a date from an app and I ended up dating him for six months and we were seeing each other for six months 
I just am like, oh, he's okay, but like, I I could meet him for a drink or I could go to an open mic. Like, it, not, nobody was ever so engaging on there that I was like, him. Yeah. We're interested in the mental, obviously the physical is what you're seeing there, but some of the apps have their bios in there, like, and they have a lot of information where you can figure out enough about the person based on the questions they answer and what they don't answer, you know? So like, and the problem I see, if you are wanting to get married, guys are not going to approach you at bars like they used to, because I've talked about it on the podcast before where it's just not, that's how I met every girlfriend I had, but, but it's before I was 30. Um, but now, you know, if I talk to a, a woman at a bar, it's usually like I've offended them. And, uh, and I'm not an aggressive person, but I mean, my longest relationship was me going up to a bar at a late night bar at three in the morning in Chicago and acting like I was doing a survey on the fucking bar. And like, <laughs> really just That's creative, but it was funny. And that was like one of my most successful relationships. Yeah, I agree with you with that, too. And I mean, women are part of that problem as well. We spend hours and hours getting gussied up and making sure every detail on our face and body look good. And, you know, then it's a catch 22 for guys, because if why are we getting dressed that way and going out to a bar if we don't want to be approached? But then the second you come up to us and try to talk to us, we're like, ew, get the fuck away from me. So it's like, how do you? Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. I, I totally get that. Um, I, 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 I could give the apps another shot. Yeah. I think I just have a really bad attention span too right. for those things. Well, here's yeah. things about the apps. Number one, there's the only times that I would be on those apps were basically in the bathroom or right before you go on stage. It like calms me for some reason to like- Yeah, mind numbing. Yeah, like also like, get, yeah, it gets me in a different place where I can feel, maybe it's like ego boost to see people that, that like, it's like a casino where you like get to say, oh, nice. I got that. Yeah. <laughs> but I do think that the time to date them and stuff, I definitely would do all the dates I've ever done um, were either before shows or after shows or like mm -hmm. a, a lunch date, like whatever. And you can still meet people and figure it out, but obviously talk to them before for a while. And, and I think there, I think there's, that's the only way you can go. Um, so yeah, it's, I understand that I'm on the outskirts here because I don't, I don't really use them. And, um, I also have, I mean, you get it cause you're from Chicago. I mean, you're, you're just, you just said you turned 30. So you got like 10 years to figure this shit out. So yeah, 40 is the new 30 and 30 is the new 20, I think. Yeah. yeah. I think you um, have, literally you do, you have a lot of time, but it's, it doesn't seem like it's not a priority for you. Do you need to have a relationship now as you, you know, uh, live your day to day? Or do you like just kind of being by yourself? I have a really unrealistic expectation, which is that I, I would like to be, I would like to be in a relationship. I would like to be in like a healthy, fulfilling relationship, but, and here's a big, but, and a big caveat. It's like how you just said, it's not a priority to me to put the work in to find it. So it's like anything else, like you can't go to a grocery store and be looking for a specific item. And then you're like, well, I just hope it falls into my fucking lap. I don't really want to walk around or ask for help, you know, like, and I recognize I just recently came to this came to come to Jesus moment that I was like, if I could fast forward into a healthy partnership with a guy I'm super into and, and we're locked in, that would be great. But the thought of doing the necessary things to get there, like how you said, swiping, going on the dates. <laughs> being yeah. available like i'm not in a place i want to i don't want to sacrifice my stage time or my personal time or my friend time to go on a date with somebody i'm likely not going to get serious with right. 
Yeah. I, mean, I don't sacrifice any stage time for any relationship. Ever. I'm in a different place where I don't, I like being by myself more than I don't want to be in a relationship like that. Although I'm the opposite where if I do fall into a relationship, I'm like, all right, cool. This is cool. That's wasn't what I was looking for, but I like having this companionship, whatever. But mm -hmm. for you, if it's something that you do want to see, and, and to me, like, maybe this is stupid, but like, I feel like because I've had so many dates and stuff with my life that I have a better idea of what, what's good and what's bad so much so that I'm now a dating expert on a podcast that, you know, no, that's why I'm here today. Right. I'm here for answers. I'm not here for promotion. I'm not here to meet you, Paul. I'm here for secrets. Okay. No, <laughs> Tell I'm me. To, I'm here to give people advice. And so they don't end up like me. Like I'm, you know, I like being single. I like, I want people to tell me that I've got it wrong. I should be in a relationship. And my parents are, you know, they've been married for 50 years and they're mm -hmm. together. So, I mean, there is positives to it, but I also, I'm like, man, this is, it's pretty awesome to like, be able to after a show last night, like go straight to do whatever the fuck I want, like go to yeah. Walmart, get a pecan pie, and then go work out. Yeah, yeah. Can I? Can I? Add, I, I want to offer a comment on that. And this is it's a so it's about going to do whatever you want, right? And that's something that you just yeah. said. And I, I hear you, thousand percent hear you. And I think that sometimes the reason why committed relationships get a bad rep or a negative stigma is because there's such a fine line between being together and being like attached in that way that, and I do blame women. I'm, I'm an honest feminist here. Like I, I blame a lot of us for this. Um, it's so quickly commitment and monogamy means um, I can't be myself. I suddenly can't dictate my own schedule, right? There's a fine line. There's a fine line there. And I can understand why for some people that makes them want to be single or for men as a straight woman, I can understand how straight men are like, I, I don't want to be tied down. That's why they refer to it as tied down. Cause so quickly it goes from I'm into this person and want to make time for this person to, ah, you know, I just wanted to go to the bar after my show and now she's mad or, or right. Or vice versa. You know, he's upset. I won't go out with his friends, but I just want to stay home. And yeah. Yeah. You have to make a sacrifice for other people and it's being self-centered and selfish, you know, you don't want to, when you're in a relationship, you do things you don't want to do because you want to make your partner happy. And, mm -hmm. and that's good. I get it. But like those same people that were bitching at me about, you know, why, you know, you had a good run, give up, get married or whatever during the pandemic, when they were alone with their families for two months dying, they were calling me being like, Oh my God, you've got this all figured out. <laughs> I don't know the answer, but I feel like there is a, there is positives. If I can live with the negative of probably dying alone and having to, uh, to have someone care for me, I'm much happier now than like that, but who knows? And, and, and maybe that shit's going to change. If I lose my hair, I'll get married too. I'll fucking say, fuck this shit. You know? Right. If my gynecologist says you're actually in early menopause somehow at 30, I'll be like, well, we got to do something. We got to act quick. That's it. You can, uh, you can. I know a lot of my friends in their late thirties froze their eggs and they, they still, they're still frozen. They're not being used yet. So. I will. And they all mean they're going to make a baby with them or sell them to like a museum or something. I don't know. We'll figure it out. What is it that, let me ask you this. Let's get into what is it that you know about what you're looking for? And for me, it's a process of elimination. Like I know what I don't want when people ask me, why are you in the apps or, or why am I talking to this person? It's like, well, I know the things I don't want. And I was right. That's the best way to get what you want because everyone's like, yeah, if you say I want to get married, 
and have kids and have a 40 year, 40 year uh, anniversary with this dude. That's easier said than done. But what is it that you've learned from dating that you're like, all right, I never will do that again. Or I can't date, you know, guys who have shitty music taste. Yeah, totally. Also, I wholeheartedly agree with you. I think I, I've said the exact same thing you've said, where it's, I think it's process of elimination a little well, bit. And that I is- that first, so. You did, you did. You said it first. Fucking steal my fucking thumb. I'm not, I swear, I swear to God, that I swear you're gonna burn this episode the second we're done with it, I know. No, um, I, I, I won't obviously ever do, um, uh, an ab abuse that's an that's an obviously an obvious one and it's you know it takes time to realize those things but how do you, how do you know when that what are the the tells for people to know that they, they might be getting into an abusive relationship um i think a lot of it becomes relying on your intuition a little um what i've noticed from abusers and that goes from my own experiences and that of my friends too is that there's like a huge lack of accountability for themselves in all areas of their lives you know, there's, there's a, this happened to me, this person is the reason I can't, you know, you just see people who don't have ownership over anything that's going on in their lives. And then you're like, mm, that's, that's a lot of deflecting. And that's probably going to manifest itself in another way, you know? Um, and not taking, yeah. Blaming others maybe and playing the victim card are those things that happen. All the time, a lack of self-awareness, a lack of full self-ownership and all of that. And you know, it's 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 a big one. It's I it's a big turnoff for me when guys say their ex is crazy or say women are crazy. Crazy is a hurtful term. You know, I think guys get would be hurt if they get called crazy, women get hurt when they get called crazy. And in my experience, every time a guy has said she's crazy, she's fucking crazy, she's crazy, she's crazy, from the two abusive guys that I've dealt with. I ended up unearthing track records from them that were these women crazy or were you beating the shit out of them or were you you know not showing up for your daughter and that's why you're now in a custody battle or are these women crazy or are you an asshole you know because i feel like it takes a lot of maturity and regardless of how a situation really ends with a partner outside of massive infidelity or abuse you should still respect that person on some level because at some point in your life they were right enough for you to be a partner so it's super attractive to me now when a guy can say, hey, I really loved her. We were together for four years, whatever. It didn't work out. I'll, I'll always, it, it is what it is. You know, maybe certain elements of it suck. Maybe he bitches about parts of it. But the second it's, she's fucking crazy. She's crazy. I am always inclined to be like, hmm, why are we putting all this on her? Why are we, you know what? That's just not realistic. You know, I think it's more realistic to be like, I fucked up, she fucked up. At the end of the day, it didn't work. It worked when it worked. It does it now. Onward we go. Like that's a way healthier, you know? So. It's healthy to be self-aware. I mean, that's also, that could also be a red flag too, right? Because right. I'm the opposite where I say I'm, I'm a disaster and people are like, well, why did your relationships fail? Because I'm like, yeah, because I'm hard to date. I'm, I'm fucking selfish and all this stuff and then people are like well maybe i can change change it it's like no i'm i'm a disaster too so like on the flip side i might not be abusive or anything but i'm there are people like me who are just horrible bad news so no i told i so am i i'm i'm my own i'm a disaster in my own right too it's why we do what we do you know it's why we do what we do um and as women i i can speak to that as well we do have this like 
weird maternal inclination to to fix you know even when i've had guys literally say to me don't get involved with me this is a bad idea <laughs> and i'm like no you haven't had yeah listen that's a, that's another thing like where people are i think that that happens a lot where pe women uh that i've dated have been in abusive relationships and then they go swing to the opposite side of someone who's not abusive but is also you know toxic or not toxic but just toxic with that person so yeah that's true too and there's a lot of that too we it's a, it's talked about a lot in domestic violence recovery as well that um when you start to date again you start to inherently subconsciously romanticize people who aren't necessarily outright abusive they're just technically better than what you've had so you think that it's like so much better and you think that it's so much yeah your last relationship are so you're like, where you're like okay okay this guy does this guy doesn't use me physically and emotionally so awesome but in reality they can also yeah yeah so what are the other things that are like deal breakers for you other than people who call their exes crazy or your intuition telling you that you should back the fuck off it, it ranged ranged from like, like minimal, mini stuff to big stuff what are, what are the deal breakers i hate like bad tattoos um i don't like guys who ride motorcycles um i won't deal with tiny penises no more um i don't that's it uh this is self-love um down to like or on the bigger side of things it's like i i gotta date somebody who's passionate about something you yeah. know that's I, a, you got, yeah that's important i i think you're you're right uh 100 especially for people like us who are comedians who are pursuing our passions like they have to have something they're really into and that that's a common thread that a lot of people i've had on the podcast but it is crazy how that can make or break a relationship um, totally yeah, totally. Because I think it also helps you keep the relationship in perspective, right? Because we're never as comedians. Well, I don't want to speak for you, but I can definitely speak for myself. I'm never going to love a man as much as I love comedy. Yeah. Okay. No, comedy yeah. Like our, is like our girlfriend in a lot of ways, our boyfriend. It, it really is. And people, it's, it's taken me almost 10 years to like figure that out. Like that's, this is what I've done. And like for better or for worse, like it's made me what I am. But yeah. Bad tattoos. Give us what's a bad tattoo. I've got so many bad tattoos. So I want to know what are the worst ones that you've had dealt with that you're like, how do you like, do you really make that a deal breaker? Like, what are some of the, tell me some of the ones that you were like, no. I mean, obviously a tribal tattoo is probably considered a bad tattoo right now. Yes. Unless yes. Unless they're Indian. Then it's like, okay. Sure, then they can do whatever they want. Right, right. So um, I had a guy have a dolphin tattooed on his foot and it was just like, why, you know? And he's like, cause I like it. And I was like, I can't, I'm not even gonna go near your feet and I don't wanna, I don't wanna be near them. Um, I also hate like, I, like bad facial hair. Like when guys try to do weird things with yeah. the step, like, like just- Mustaches that go- Ugh, no, God, no. Yeah, I, I don't want to, you know, none of that. And, you know, it's like also, it's so vain, but it's like, I work out every day, like sometimes twice a day too. It's like fitness is a huge part of my like mental health and my my life, honestly. So like, I'll never, I don't, I want to date a guy who works out and like takes care of himself. So I think guys that don't, that'll turn me off a little bit too. And like, you know, but like, it's, you know, everyone's got their thing. Everyone's got their. 
what are your type? What is the type that you've done? Because you're getting in a bunch of DMs. So let's get, let's get this out of the way. What are like your typical type? Who's your who's your uh, you know your crush in the celebrity mm-hmm. world or, or whatnot? Like what's your type? So we can we can uh, get that out there. Chris Cuomo on CNN. Don't. <laughs> He can get it though. Like he's a sexy guy, you know. Fifty something. Yeah, I like him older usually. Oh, no. Yeah. Fucking all my friends are gonna be hitting you up. So you're. Fine. Hell yes, please. If they can figure out how to DM in this generation, <laughs> tell them to slide on in. <laughs> they don't have Instagram yet. They're all on fucking MySpace and Facebook still. So. And Alta Vista, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Who's my like ultimate celebrity? I'm, I'm probably gonna end up marrying Italian. I like dark hair, dark eyes, big penis. Yeah. I can deal with one bad cheesy Italian tattoo. Italian guys always have something like Forza strength, like on their arm or a cross on their back. And I'm like, that's just the right amount of Guido for me. Like I'm into that, you know? You like Italians, I take it. That's your type. Italian or Jewish guys, I've I've dated the most of, yeah. Good to know, good to know. Well, uh, yeah. there's a lot of those in Miami, so you should be fine. I know, I know. I got to hang out more in North Miami Beach. That's where I'll really fucking be cleaning up. <laughs> baby. Um, well, we are we are well over time here, Brittany. Um, we'll have to get you back. I do think you need to go on the apps. Uh, I do strongly. People say like I fucking. Um, I'm, I'm not sponsored by Hinge, but like I'm really on this Hinge kick right now. Even though I got kicked off of Hinge for for something for 24 hours, and they apologized. But, Dick um, pic. It's okay, Paul. Just admit it. No, it was. Uh, it was. I, I think I offended. Uh, so I'm in Florida, and I think I. What happened was I offended someone. If someone has like, because on on Hinge you can say um, your political stuff, and I'm not very, you know, liberal or whatnot. But they wrote conservative. And I think all I wrote was still like this was when the day of the Capitol happening. And I think they reported me. And I have a relationship with Hinge because I was uh, I was supposed to meet their founder um, when I was uh, doing South by Southwest last year for this podcast. So I like I go, why did you guys kick me out? Though you violated our our uh, things. I was like, what did I violate? And then like, say. no, I know I, they wrote back. Oh my god, we're so sorry. We did some investigation and you didn't do anything. So that's so funny. Do you know, I've noticed that apps are a little bit more, I I got, I had an ad kicked back for a show I'm producing on Miami beach and they said I had hate speech in it and literally the tag. Yeah. There's all there. They got trigger words. Like this one gets a lot because singles only, they think it's like some sort of uh, dating it, like a sex worker thing, but I'm only fans or something. Yeah. 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 But they're usually cool when you talk to them. But anyway, Go on the apps, tell us what happens. We'll have you back on, hopefully in person when you're in Chicago or I'm here in Florida. We'll, we'll have you back on to see your results, but at least go on Hinge or Raya or one of those apps. And- Hinge is one of the only ones I had success with. The guy that I dated for six, seven months, I met on Hinge. So Hinge is so far in the lead for me. Yeah. All the information. And if you, you do it right, like if they don't have six pictures or they don't fill in the blanks, that means they're hiding something, that they might be married, whatever. But I tell everyone, fill everything out. like. And women are like, well, my safety. It's like, no guys, like, if they're going to steal your uh, 
information. They're not going to do it on Hinge. They're going to do it on your email account, which you fucking subscribe to stupid things when you go to the restaurants and stuff. Yeah, so. and if safety is really an issue in the world we live in, don't leave the house, I guess. Like, right? Yeah, yeah. Don't go meet these guys and without, like, doing your background check, but you can talk to them online. They're not going to steal your information based on, you know, what you wrote in your profile, unless you put your address in, like, you know, yeah. zip if anything, I'm trying to steal their information. If they're over 50, I'm trying to get into their 401k, but that's a conversation for another time. So another way. And that's a good way to do it, actually. You can probably you can find your like Jewish Chris Como on there with his fucking dolphin tattoo. I'm manifesting him right now. I can't wait. <laughs> where, where can people find out more about you and your upcoming shows and your your podcast too? Please tell tell us all. Yeah, at Brittany Brave on Instagram, BrittanyBrave.com for shows and projects. Um, I do I do have actually a web series about dating, The Disastrous Dating Life of Diane Damone. It's, it, I think it's very funny. Um, and we're rolling out more episodes in the coming weeks. And then I do have a podcast called Bad Women through my women's organization, Cat Call. Um, and it's just conversations with cool women about female issues, domestic violence. It's funny, though. It's engaging. It's great. So, yeah. Well, thanks, Brittany, for doing the Singles Only Podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, and thank you all for listening or watching uh, another episode of Singles Only. Uh, please continue to do so. Subscribe and give us a like and all that good stuff. <laughs>